1: Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to RotoViz at a 10% discount through the NFL Podcast homepage, slash podcast. Welcome into the latest episode of the RotoViz High Stakes Load. I'm pleased to bring you this week uh, a guy who works for. Draft Sharks contributor for Draft Sharks. He is also the co-host of the Deep End Fantasy Football Podcast, a division of Draft Sharks, as it were, along with uh, Buffalo Royalty, Mike Shope. Uh, It is Adam Krautwurst. Adam, welcome into the program.
2: Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a fun little season working for them and working with Mike. And he is definitely Western New York royalty.
1: Do <laughs> <To> we? <lead up. laughs> so, so what? And I always ask you this every time I have on a uh, you have you on a pod. What place did you finish in the main event a few years ago? Was that fifth overall?
2: Fifth overall, 2019. 2019, yep, so two, two years fifth ago. Yep.
1: So, and and uh, that had to be quite the rush as you were coming down the, the last few weeks. What was that like in the championship round for you? Did you did you shoot up? Were you trying to hang on? What was that like?
2: Yeah. No, I shot up. So I was. I remember being 29th heading into the final week, and um, I was actually at. I can't remember the movie, but me. And a buddy, we're at the movies with our with our with our kids. We have like you know a bunch of kids, and uh, because I'm like you know there's no way I'm gonna finish that high, and then I'm in the movies. You know I got Red Zone on my phone, and I'm in the movie, and it's just Mike Gesicki touchdown, Tyler Boyd three touchdowns, God hurts. <laughs> it was bananas to the point where like I'm right, like, all right, well let me go, let me go check this thing. And we were as high as second i think at one point uh during the four o'clock games on sunday oh my god it was it was you know it's not the place you would expect to be uh going crazy in the movie theater but um but yeah no it ended up being great and then we were third going into the monday night game we had nobody left and we were just we kind of we, we
1: held on for fifth place what what movie was it? Despicable Me or something? Or it was, yeah, it was
2: a kids movie. It wasn't even you know, it was nothing worth worth, worth even watching. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, well let's get into it right now because you have a team. Uh, we'll have a lot of teams this year, but one of them, seventeenth overall in the three thousand team FFPC main event, uh, on the on the on the hands, the legs, the shoulders of Cooper Cup, who is who is carried uh, the bulk of the work so far on this team. Uh, what do you remember about this team coming together um, when you drafted it? And as you look at it now, as we head into, you know, essentially the final half of the 2021 fantasy season, who are you counting on? Who needs to come through? Who are the guys that uh, that are you're going to need big performances of here over the next couple of months?
2: Yeah, so, yeah, definitely I I owe, you know, everything. All my success this year to Cooper Cup. Uh, I have it in quite a bit of... Leagues and actually, another guy too, um, Leonard Fournette has been almost as valuable as Cooper. Yeah. I mean, Cooper Cup's been an absolute stud, but you know, Leonard Fournette to get him in the 10th round everywhere and have him be a, you know a, a, an RB1 uh has just been so so great. Uh, but yeah, this team I ended up going you know, um, heavy RB early. You know, I went Eckler and Barkley to start. Hawkinson was a guy I, I was high on, I still am high on him, took him in the third, and then I just went receiver crazy, you know, I went cup, Judy Boyd, Antonio Brown, Mike Williams and Chark. So, you know, I hit a couple of those, I missed on a couple of those Judy's c- c- coming back. Um, you know, and, and it just, it, it the, team's coming together very, very nicely. I've, I've, you know, if I can say I've been un- unlucky, I finished I'm 17th in the whole thing, but you know, I started Barkley obviously the week where he scored one point, right. you know, and the backup scored 20, like Barkley would have had at least 20 that game. So, I lost 20 points there. And then I started Kadarius Tony, who I picked up off waivers the next week. And he had six points in the first six seconds of the game. And he, you know, hurt his ankle and went out. So I feel like man, that's like 40 points probably there that just, um, that, I, that I lost. I could be maybe the top five. But, uh, you know, I really like the way this team's coming together. And to answer your question about who, you know kind of i need down the stretch here and it's it's going to be you know it's weird to say but i'm going to need my number 1 pick or sorry my number 2 pick Saquon Barkley like mm-hmm. if Barkley can just play just get on the field uh this team could be really really special um i like i like it a lot uh you know it's got depth i got Antonio Brown i got Tony Tyler Boyd Beasley you know Judy coming back Alexander Madison like if Cook goes down again that'll be great for this team so Uh, yeah, I think this team has a lot of potential and, uh, I'm really excited about it.
1: So we let's just, I'm going to ask you about Tony right now. Um, when he got hurt, he essentially had three catches, thirty some yards in the first five minutes of the game. He was, it was known that he was going to be a big part of the game plan. And yet, uh, he, he goes down when he does come back when he is at the full peak of his powers. How, how good is he for fantasy this year? Is he a top 20 guy? Is he a top thirty guy? How do you rate Tony with that Giants? And I know it's tough with the supporting cast and and that that team and the coaching and everything. But what do you do with Tony for fantasy? Is is he a must flex when he's healthy?
2: Yeah, I think I think he probably is. Here's the, and here's the problem is like so, you know, the, it's all about game situations. About like I think when he was doing his thing, I think Galladay was was hurt that game when he came out of the, you know, came flying out of the gate. So, you know, when he comes back, like this week, it's gonna be so hard. It's Monday night football. It's the Chiefs, right? But you don't know, you know, we have we have to set our lineups. We don't know is Tony gonna to be back? Is Galladay going to be back? Is Saquon gonna be back? Like who's gonna play? So it's gonna be very difficult to know right out of the gate who's playing and who's getting all the target share. I love Tony's ability and I love that they love him because that's very, very important. You know, you get guys like that everyone thinks are talented, like LaVisca Chanel, but the Jaguars hate him. So it's like, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Right. Like, you know, so, but you can tell the giants love Tony, you know, just looking at him. Like I'm not a big college football guy, so I'm not a huge d- dynasty guy, but you know, as soon as I laid eyes on him that couple weeks into the season when he was lighting it up, I was like, Oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta get this guy. And he just looks so dynamic so I kind of answer your question. Yeah, I think he does. He does have top twenty upside, and he's a guy that's gonna be really hard to keep out of lineups because you know he's very exciting. And um, but you know a lineup like this, I mean, who do I start him over? I start him over a healthy Antonio Brown? Do I start him over a, a healthy, you know, Leonard Fournette? I mean, it's hard. It's hard, you know, it's 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 a good problem to have.
1: And these things, I always say, these things have a way of working themselves out, right? You know, Antonio Antonio Brown's got to ditch the crutch before you can start (laughs) worrying about him again. Um, Okay, speaking of the Buccaneers, a lot of drafters were racing. Oh, oh, final thing on Tony, I just want to say this. If he does have a great end of the season, it's going to be very interesting to see where FFPC drafters are taking him in January and February, right?
2: Yeah for January and
1: February I love it. Um yeah.
2: yeah. It's it's isn't that insane. Um my 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 partner Mike Mike Shope, he's usually really in tune with these things like of knowing where these guys are going to go already in in January and February. I'm so involved in this year that I can't even I can't even think out that far ahead but yeah, he could be one of those guys that you know, um, depending on what the receiving core, I, I don't even know who's a free agent. I know they have Galladay signed, but I don't know who else is going to be there next year. But yeah, he's just a guy that you bet on talent there because he just looks so dynamic. Although he does seem kind of like a head case a little, a little bit.
1: A little bit, but the Giants kind of knew that going in. And like you said, they love him, you know, so, right. which, which I think says something about the Giants, too. Uh, moving forward, the Buccaneers, <laughs> a lot of people were just falling all over themselves to grab. Evans and Godwin and Brown and Gronk and 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 everybody you know all the pass catchers on that team of all those guys what was the guy that you ended up most with in in 2021 and why Adam
2: Yeah so I have um a lot of Mike Evans so I've got 22% of Mike Evans across all my foot um sorry all my FFPC leagues um I've always been high on Mike Evans I call him the Hall of Famer Mike Evans uh, because I just, you know, he's got hall of fame numbers and people don't really realize it. And cause he's just kind of done it so consistently that people, I don't know, maybe people forget, but, um, I, so I have a ton of Mike Evans, uh, but I will say, I don't, I don't think I have any Mike Evans in main, main events just cause of the way that it fell, but I do have, so I have no Antonio Brown in my, in my football guys leagues, but I have wow. three, but I have three Antonio Browns in my mains. So huh. So yeah, that's just kind of how it ended up working out. So I've got, you know, Antonio Brown to me is kind of the more, more important piece um, because of the, the the leagues are obviously more more valuable. So, um, but overall, like Mike Evans was my guy. And, you know, a lot of people, people who weren't on the Bucs passing game were, were not on it because there's too many mouths to feed, right? But as you can see, all it takes is one injury and everyone is going to eat. Like, I mean, everyone's going to eat anyways, But you know, Antonio Brown misses one game, and Mike Evans scores three touchdowns. Godwin scores one, and it's just a beautiful thing. So, um, so yeah, I think they're all great pieces to have. Brady's uh, an alien from from another planet. You know, he's going to throw. He's going to play at least sixty. He's going to throw fifty touchdowns a year. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a great offense to to have.
1: Um, One of the offenses I was kind of excited about at the start of the season. uh, I'm less excited about now. Sam Darnold uh, got benched last game. Um, DJ Moore's had his moments, obviously. Uh, Terrace Marshall's been banged up. Christian McCaffrey, we all know what a, what a disaster he's been so far this year with, um, with the injuries. And then Robbie Anderson. Um, you know, it, it's so wild to look at his targets and then his catches. Even over the last couple of weeks, it's been weird. So, Adam, is, is Robbie Anderson having a Robbie Anderson problem in 2021? Is he having a Sam Darnold problem? Is it combination or is it something else?
2: You know, I think it's I think it's a combination. That would be the best way to probably to probably just describe it. I mean, he's got a very low, I, I forget I read it the other day. I don't remember the number, but he has a very low percentage of catchable passes. Like Darnold just isn't throwing him accurate balls, and then when he does, Robbie Anderson drops all of them. <laughs> so <laughs> that's it's 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 just a combination of both, and I don't know what's going on there? Cause he's I had
1: used to be te- they were teammates in New York. So you thought yes. that was, if there was any sort of chemistry that was going to be on that team. It'd be with Donald Anderson. And that has not been the case.
2: I know. I, and I have a, so much for Robbie Anderson. Cause I just, he was going to the seventh, eighth, eighth ninth round um, in drafts and yeah, they had that chemistry and they still, I mean, he's throwing the ball all the time. I mean, right. you know, 11 targets, two out of the last four games. Like he's just, it's, it, it's impossible how bad Robbie Anderson has been been, fantasy wise. It's just, you know, dropping passes all over the place. Darnold, not, not throwing him accurate football. So, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not dropping him. I mean, if people want to drop him, I fine, whatever, but his schedule is so easy and you're going to get injuries and, and bye weeks, I just can't see dropping him, but it's, it's gross to start him too. I mean, last week I was like, yo, this is the week you know, against, against the Giants, gets nine targets, you know, he has three catches for 14 yards. Like, Unbelievable. It's, Unbelievable. It's impossible. <laughs> so yeah. uh, it's just one of those things where you just throw your hands up and, it, you know, it might be a lost season, and and we'll see.
1: Um, we are also going to see what's developing in New England right now. Um, for I, I feel like there would be 20% fewer fantasy football podcasts uh, if Bill Belichick handled his running backs differently. And you, you have Damian Harris, who seems to be the bell cow this year. James White obviously kind of cleared cleared the muddy waters up when he went down. Ramondre Stevenson. And I always ask this this question, especially of these backup running backs. Now, we got the biocalypse behind us, or, or whatever everyone was calling it. All the kids are calling yeah. Yeah, it. Um, yeah. So it's behind us, but we do have other teams coming up. On buys, we have Las Vegas and Baltimore this week. Um, how? Why do FFPC players? Why do high stakes players? I'm going to let you stump for Ramondre Stevenson here, if you want. Why do they need to work hard to make sure that they keep him on their on their roster through this uh, bye week gauntlet?
2: Yeah, I mean, what I've been telling people on on our pod is just never drop a running back
1: ever. Like, I saw you tweeted about that too. Yeah, and, and, just, and, and like it seems ridiculous to say that. But, as as I, but here's the thing. As soon as I saw that tweet, I'm like, you know what? I know exactly what he means.
2: Yeah. Like, you know, you got people, you know, you got analysts out there telling people that, you know, Mike Davis is droppable because of it. He's not getting the cut. Like, stop it. Mike Davis is not droppable. You know, Roger Stevens is obviously not Mike Davis. You're you're an injury away from it. Every running back is an injury away from being an RB2. Like every yeah. single yep. And this is just a year where every – Running back's going to miss four for four weeks. Like, you know, I, there's always a, a, there's a running back injury every week. We just had Miles Sanders. Like, it's it's every single week. You get a running back or two that are down for multiple weeks. So, Ramondra Stevenson is not a guy that I'm dropping because I think he's talented, and I think the Patriots think that he's talented. We've heard a lot of stuff coming, out from, coming from the Patriots saying, you know, we like him. We like he can do this. He can do that. It's, it's just mind boggling that they, that they decide to, you know, to not activate him. And, th- and the crazy thing is last week, he, you know, during by my or by whatever you want to call it. Like he was like a guy that, okay, if, if I can't add this guy on waiver Sunday morning, that's okay. Because I've got reminder Stevenson that I can, that I can always start. Right. His backup. And then he wasn't, he was a healthy scratch. So like, Oh my yeah. God, what, <laughs> what am I going to do? Uh, so not
1: not unlike the Tyson Williams roller coaster that that people have been riding this year too.
2: Yeah. And that's another one. Like Tyson Williams clearly looks like the best running back there. Like it's not even close. He's averaging like six yards of carry and they still won't because he can't pass block. Like, oh my God, whatever. So, uh, so yeah, I'm not dropping Stevenson because he's a running back and, and I'm basically the only, so I was trying to think like, is there a running back in that vein that I would drop and it. Breaks my soul to say, but Trey Sermon might be wow. the guy. I, listen, I, nobody was higher on Trey Sermon than me, but here's the thing. Trey Sermon had his shot as the number one guy there and they didn't care. They didn't like him. They didn't give him the ball. Like at least if there's a, an injury to Damian Harris, you could see Ramondre Stevenson getting 25 t- t- touches. They hate Trey Sermon. They've got, they've got Jermichael Hasty back now. Wilson's coming back. Like, I'm not saying go look to drop Trey Sermon, but if you've got to drop somebody, like I would drop Sermon over Ramondre Stevenson for sure.
1: I will say this: they gave up some pretty significant draft capital to move up in that draft to draft Trey Sermon, and that's after they gave up a ton to 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 get Trey Lance. So maybe there's a disconnect between the front office and the coaches. I don't know, but you're right because you would think that with you know when Mostert goes down, oh my god, it's Sermon season, you know, and then. You have Hasty and Mitchell and all these other guys gumming up the works. It's weird to see.
2: Well well, yeah. I mean, Mitch when when Mitchell went went down, it was Trey Sermon and Kyle Juszczyk, Right, And Uzchek got more touches. It's like they just they it's like they had to activate him and they didn't want to. Like it was mm-hmm. like he had his shot and they don't like him. It's it's all Brandon Ayuk thing. They yeah. don't like him. He's not whatever. He doesn't he doesn't practice well or whatever. So it's it's just one of those things where, again, I'm not looking to drop Trey Sermon, but I but if you're going to drop somebody in that kind of range, that would be the
1: guy. I will say this from regards to, to what you were saying about analysts before, and I think you'll agree with me. I think that a lot of fantasy analysts out there cater towards um, um, uh, just like a wide scope of casual players, right? You know, people in office leagues, basement leagues, family leagues. Um, people who play in 10-teamers or sometimes even eight-teamers, you know? And I think um, when you speak to that level, you have to, you know, th- the high-stakes industry is exploding, but it's still a very small part of fantasy sure. football, right? And yeah. I think that's what's so great about your podcast, um, where you can, you know, listen to advice specifically catered towards the high-stakes player. You know, Mike Davis may be droppable in, in your in your office league, right? But sure. what happens at high stakes leagues? You have um, Clyde Edwards-Lair goes down. Daryl Williams is already owned, and now the scramble is for McKinnon. Um, you know, right. Nick Cream uh, Hunt goes down. Obviously, Nick Chubb's already owned, and the scramble is Dearness Johnson. You know, and that's and it's a constant cycling of things where where everybody's after the guy behind the guy um, rather than worrying about oh this this guy's dead weight uh, even though he's technically you know well the starter and name only really in Atlanta. Um, but I think that 's the difference and and I, and I think that 's why why podcasts like yours are so great because it, it's you don't have you can there 's no muck to wade through right it 's the deep end and it 's all water right it 's all info it right. 's all stuff that you can apply and you don 't have to worry about oh, okay well, are they talking about ten teamers are they talking about superflexes it 's pretty easy anyway that's my that 's my shout out to you and Mike because you guys do a great job Moving Thank on you. Uh, to other running backs Michael Carter. Giants are uh, beg big part Jets rookie at some point this season. Is he going to be become a top 20 running back and take over that backfield? Or is that just a pipe dream at this point? We should, you know, start looking towards him being uh, a guy that we can count on in
2: 2022. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess if you phrase the question that way, maybe he's a little bit in between, like, so, you know, he said 14.8 and 17.4 fantasy points. The last two weeks coming out of the bye week Got a bunch of catches, bunch of receptions. Um, here's the thing: if he's going to get the goal line work and the receiving work, then he's then he's absolutely a running back too. I mean, especially on a team like the Jets, where they're always going to be losing and they have to throw throw the ball. He's he's fine. He's uh, he's probably more of a flex option when you have a a week where there's only two teams on a bye and you know right. you have a fairly healthy running back core. But I think he's certainly he's certainly rosterable. He's certainly playable. In fact, last week I was like, you know, when I was going through my rosters on with all these bye weeks, I was so happy when I when I could plug in Michael Carter into my RB2 spot because it's like, oh my God, I'm gonna get some touches. This guy can, well, can actually play. And he's pretty He's pretty talented, you know. Jay uh, Jay Moyer. I don't know if you follow him on.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, he was a huge Michael Carter guy, and I, you uh, know, and I'm a big Jay Moyer guy. So I, uh, you know, I have quite a bit on My- Michael Carter. It's, it's took it's taking a little bit of time, but I love rookie running backs especially, coming out of bye weeks, it gives the team a chance to see what they've got, see what works, see what doesn't. Kind of like Jonathan Taylor last year, when he came out of the bye week, he exploded. Um, I'm not expecting that out of Michael Carter this year, but he can certainly be a low-end RB2 depending on the on the matchup.
1: Um, <clears throat> Jalen Hurts is an interesting guy, and I be honest with you, I don't own him. He, I, in fact, I may not own him anywhere now that I think about this, but I will say this about him. I was posed. I did. I was doing a a radio segment for um, a, a local station here in in Wisconsin, and they said to me, and I'm gonna. This is sort of the same question I'm gonna pose to you. Um, I would just look at Hurts, and every week, whether they're getting killed, whether they're winning, whether it's a close game, he always seems to put up fantasy points. So I've just never given it a second thought. But knowing that they're two and five right now, and obviously probably not competing anymore this year, even though as bad as that division is, um, what are the chances? <clears throat> two-part question. Number one, what are the chances Nick Sirianni, I know he was just wearing the t-shirt or whatever of, of Jalen Hurts to his presser, but <laughs> um, what are the chances that he A, benches Hurts and then knowing that there is a non-zero chance of that happening Adam, for for your Jalen Hurts teams, how much have you thought about picking up a, a, a quarterback right now so you're not scrambling and panicking um, on, on, the, on the waiver wire later if Hurts does become a backup in Philly?
2: Yeah, this is actually it's fun. It's a good time to question. This is actually one of the one of the topics of my uh, waiver wire process this week was my Jalen Hurts teams that are that are good and competing. You know, do I want to be left, you know, kind of holding the bag if he gets benched week thirteen or something or uh, right. you know FFPC playoffs, and I don't have a quality backup. Now I, you know, a lot of high stakes guys or whatever people think this is. Silly or stupid, or whatever. But I always carry two quarterbacks, especially since COVID hit. You know, like you just never know injuries. Like why, why wait for an injury to hit to go pick up some bum off the scrap heap when you can have two solid quarterbacks? I have a, you know a Jalen Hurts and a Kirk Cousins, and now if Hurts gets benched or hurt or whatever, you have another you know back end um, high end QB two or back end QB one. Depending on the matchup, to, to to plug in there, come come playoff time or come come bye week. Usually, what I'll do at draft time is I'll as I'll you know if I want Jalen Hurts, I'll take him, and then I'll just find like who when his bye week is and who has the best matchup on that bye week, mm-hmm. and then just go grab that quarterback. So I know that that during the bye week I'll have a nice solid starter and I'll have a guy for the rest of the year. But um, but yeah, my Jalen Hurts teams now because I do have a lot of trade Lance, I have a lot of Justin Fields as backups and those guys. Are terrifying right now, so I have been looking, um, maybe to find some Trevor Lawrence, or maybe to find even you know, even a guy like Big Big Ben, like someone, yeah. someone that's not going to l- probably lose their th- their job. Although Big Ben might be a bad example of that, but you know, um, just someone to have there because I don't want to be left holding the bag at playoff time. You know, because we don't we don't even get to add anybody the uh, the last three weeks of the year. So I don't think Hertz is going to lose his job. But yeah, all his fantasy production is coming in the fourth quarter when they're already down by three touchdowns, and the coaches don't want to be down by, th- by three touchdowns.
1: No, they don't. And and that's this. See, this just shows you how little uh, of Philadelphia Eagles football I watch, you know, because <laughs> I just look at the box score at the end, I'm like, oh, Hertz did it again, but I don't, I'm not seeing how he did it. You know, that's the thing. Um, let's talk about a team I do watch. Uh, we happen to be at the game at, at Lambeau Field on Sunday. For nice. the uh, Washington Green Bay game it was a lot of fun. Um, but one of the things, and and you can speak to this, Adam, because I think the experience in Buffalo going to a Bills game is very similar. I've never been to a Bills game, but I, I, it, it looks and appears and sounds like it's very, very similar to going to a game at Lambeau Field. And um, as a result, I don't get to analyze and look at It's very difficult to to analyze a game from the stands with a cold one in your hands, right? And, and, right. <laughs> and so, I, you know, maybe I didn't pick up on everything in that Packers game, but here's what I do know. Devontae Adams did not take the flight out to Arizona. Alan Lazard is unvaccinated and cannot um, get, um, you know, cleared in time for the game against uh, against the Cardinals on Thursday night. So knowing that, are you messing around with Randall Cobb, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Equinemia St. Brown, knowing that this game could turn into a boat race, could turn into a bit of a track meet? With Kyler Murray and that high powered Cardinals offense, you messing around with any Packers receivers, or you staying away?
2: You know, I'm probably so I just got done doing all my kind of waivers for the week, and I just there were no situation because this, this is really like like a one-week thing, right? So it's like there's no situation that I had that I was like, you know what, I really need Marcus Valdez scaling this week, or I really need, you know, something like like that. So I'm not. And you know, for it being a one week situation. You know, it'd be very hard unless you were super desperate. There's only two bye weeks. I can't imagine someone being that desperate. Because you just don't know who you don't know who it's gonna be. Valdez Scantling, St. Brown. Now, I'll tell you, there's a guy that I found all over waivers, which I was shocked, and that was Robert Tanyan.
1: Oh wow.
2: So he was dropped in at least four football guys' leagues that That's I That's crazy. I can- I can remember, yeah, so he's a guy, those, guys, those, those people are kicking themselves, like, oh, my God, I could have used him this week for sure. So if, if you have Tanyan, or if you can pick up Tanyan, that would be the guy that I would bank on having the best game, especially into tight end premium.
1: Yeah, tight end premium leagues. What are you doing dropping Bobby touchdown? Yeah, I mean, that guy could turn it on at, at, at any time. I, just, know. And you cannot, I know. And you cannot find tight ends on the waiver wire. You just can't. And it's such a crapshoot, right? You know, like, if you don't have, like, a top three or four guy, you really don't have a guy and and to to drop Tunyon, man that well, and we had you know by or the you know the bipocalypse or or whatever um last week, so maybe that forced some teams into it, but my goodness, you might as have, have some loaded teams, you mean dropping Bobby Tunyon. Um, and i'm kind I'm kind of with you on this by the way and and here's my hot take. I think we see Aaron Jones split out wide more than we have all season. um I think that's going to happen on on Thursday night against the Cardinals. Um, I do like Marquez Valdez-Gantling this week. I think that they are, you know, at least everything I'm hearing in Green Bay, that they're going to activate him uh, at some point before the game tomorrow. I like him, uh, but Tunyon's another good guy too. Uh, I think both those guys have big games. I'm lukewarm. I'm Randall Cobb. I'm not messing around with the rest of the guys. Um, yeah. you, you mentioned your waiver wire is done for, for week eight. Uh, were there any big targets? You mentioned Tunyon. Anybody else out there that you went hard after?
2: Yeah, Tunyon isn't a guy that I was planning on – being available. And I'm like, Oh my God, it was it was like forced. It was like four straight leagues. I'm like, I'm, I thought maybe I kept going back to the same league. I'm like, Nope, this is, this is another one. So yeah, I put in some big claims for, for Bob Tanya. Not that I, you know, I don't have any Robert Tanya I wasn't high on him going into the year and, right. and whatever. But at this point, you know, with the, with some of the teams that I have crap at tight end, I'll, t- I'll take Bob Tanya. And so, um, but a guy that I was looking for was Ronald Jones He's a guy that's been getting dropped. Um, He's not getting the work that people had hoped for. And, again, he is an injury away from being the starting running back in a top-five offense who's been shown capable. Maybe he's not capable of pass blocking. Maybe he's not the best pass catcher. But, man, they're going to get in these games where they're blowing teams out. Leonard Fournette didn't even play, like, barely the second half last week. They're going to be in game game situations where he's going to go in, even when Fournette's healthy, and get a flex – you know, option. Now you're not going to want to start him. It might be like a you got four guys hurt or whatever. But Ronald Jones is way too talented of an actual runner, and uh, and in a way too good of a team to be on waivers. So he's a guy I was looking at, and I put in some pretty big, big, pretty big bids there. And then with the recent news of the trade, I, I had to go back through and get David Johnson and Philip Lindsay, give them a look. Now the right. market drums out out of the picture. So those guys, Philip Lindsay's available almost everywhere. David Johnson, not so much. So those are guys that I went back through and I targeted.
1: Um, you know what's interesting is I I wasn't really looking for Jones last week, um, <clears throat> and I <clears throat> I put in some like keep it honest bids on him in in the leagues. He did get dropped. and I got outbid significantly on him. And there was a couple of teams this week where I could have used the extra roster spot, and I thought about dropping Jones, and then I thought about. What happens if Fournette gets hurt? Now all of a sudden, yep. Ronald Jones—you're looking at like you know a top fifteen, top twenty running back somewhere in that area. You cannot, you can't, you don't try. You, like Adam says, never drop a running back. Never ever <laughs> drop a running back. That's it. That's an injury or a, or a soft tissue, um, you know, hamstring pull away from being uh, the running back on Tom Brady's Buccaneers for sure. Um, toughest start sit decision? Have you looked at that too closely? I know for me, I. I don't really look at it till after waivers process. And I, I look at them Thursday, but the toughest starts decision that, that you've noticed amongst your team so far, Adam.
2: Yeah. I I kind of take it uh day by day during the week and I haven't gotten there yet, but a situation that's, that I talked about earlier, that's really going to be, f- you know, frustrating is going to be what to do with those, with those giants players that play like, cause we don't know who's right. going to be healthy and you want to start those guys against the chiefs on Monday night football, So, you know, the Barkley situation, I mean, we'll probably know on Barkley, you know, we'll, we'll we'll know a lot tomorrow with the, with, with the practice um, report that comes out. But man, you you know, the Tony, the Galladay, you know, you're going to want to start those guys if they're, if they're, if they're healthy and and, then playing. So it's the hardest thing is going to be like, do I, you know, do I start a Tyler Boyd on a Sunday or whatever, or do I hold out and hopefully Tony plays or Galladay plays or something. So I think that's going to be for me this week, uh, the toughest situation to kind of net na- navigate. Um, the,
1: uh, the, the, the Giants chiefs thing is going to be compelling. Um, it, not compelling, more maddening, I think is probably the better term yeah. for it because you don't, you know, generally handcuff receivers and, and, and I don't know what you do, you know, going into that, to that game. You can't, I mean, if if Tony or somebody is is like you know like that all of a sudden he's active um and or if he's not do you put in Cole Hardman I mean I don't know I I don't know how to how to operate like that so I think that's going to be more maddening than anything else and we'll rely on the information we get out on Sunday to try to make the best possible decision we can with the information available final question Adam for you this week uh an early round pick that that you think should actually be benched this week a guy that you don't you do not have any kind of faith in in week 8 and then uh, a sleeper that uh, will probably be on a lot of benches or on the waiver wire, <clears throat> Robert Tanyan, uh, that you think might have a big week eight.
2: That's actually funny. I actually have Robert Tanyan with three exclamation points down uh, <laughs> to answer, to answer that, that, that question. But, um, but yeah, I'll start with the guy that the early round guy that I might be sitting um, would be Antonio Gibson. So, again, wow. this is I'm not – Listen, I'm not, I'm not looking to sit him. Like if I've got him, I probably don't even have a situation where I can. But listen, if you, if you can, if you took Leonard Fournette, and you've already got another really good running back on the team, and you can afford, so Gibson hasn't cracked 69 rushing yards since week one. Um, I was at with the week three game against the Bills. I was there. He had a 73 yard touchdown catch. Other than that, other than that game, he hasn't cracked 18 receiving yards in a game. He's just not getting the volume. He's banged up. His shin is is a is an issue, and um and over at, over at Draft Sharks, um, I'm trying to find him here. They have him ranked 29th this week for running backs. So I'm sure most teams have two running backs on their team. I mean, I would start Zach Moss over him. I mean, even you know Kenny Kenny Gainwell. I mean, there's guys that are just that have better matchups. I mean, he plays. Denver, which is a pretty solid run run defense, and he's just not pr- performing. So, again, if I'm forced to pick an early-round guy that I would sit this week, I would lean Antonio Gibson. Um, and then the the, the late-round guy that I might start, I had Robert Tanya there, but also Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman's a guy that's been – you know, I don't know if he's a late-round guy. He's like a ninth or tenth-round guy. But um, he's been coming around. He's been building that rapport with Carson Wentz. Second-year receiver, might be having, having a breakout there, looked really good in the primetime game, had a nice long touchdown catch. Um, and he's got a really good matchup this week. I think he's got the second-best matchup of the week. Um, I'm trying to see. I had it written down here who they play. But, um, uh, but yeah, so he has, he has a really good matchup this, this, this week. So Michael Pittman would be a guy that I would be looking to get into
1: lineups. Um, and I'm with you on Pittman. You know he's a guy I think has been underrated all season. He gets the Titans at home this week. The Titans, um, yeah. yeah. Um, I lied. Final question: If Miles Sanders is out, are you Team Gainwell or Team Boston Scott?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I should have added Boston Scott to my waiver to my actual answer to your question because I did. I did queue up some bids for for Boston Scott, but I am Team Gainwell. I think mm-hmm. that you know Gainwell this this coaching staff and GM drafted him they didn't draft Scott um so I think I think that they're going to lean towards their guy and Gainwell and Gainwell's flash and I'm a big Boston Scott guy I and mean, Boston Scott's done his thing in years past when there's been injuries there so uh, but I think if I if I'm asked to pick between the two I would go I would go Gainwell
1: if asked to pick between the two of Adam Krautwurst and Mike Shope I do think about. <laughs> but it but it's a no brainer in, in in uh in, in this podcast. Adam Krautwurst, ladies and gentlemen. Check him out on Twitter at Adam underscore Krautwurst. Check out the deep end fantasy football podcast. That's at youtube.com slash Draft Sharks Fantasy. You guys come out how many episodes do you come out with a, a, a week? Are you doing one or two this uh a week?
2: We're doing we're doing one. We go we go Tuesday nights with everybody else. Like everyone goes Tuesdays because it's not. It's not waiver night. There's no football on, so it's it's a tough. Um, even if you can't listen to it live, just try to check. We're you know we we posted on our deep end FF one on Twitter. It's you can save it and watch it the next day. It's, I watch everybody else's too. So you know the Goat District and all those guys. You know all those high stakes pods. So um, even if you can't watch it Tuesday night, check it out Wednesday or th- Thursday.
1: And we will uh, we will always check that out. It's a lot of good stuff in there. Like I said, you you want clean water, clean information, no bunnying. Uh, on the Draft Sharks Deep End podcast with That's Adam Prouwers right. and Mike Show. Adam, can't thank you enough for uh, for doing this show this week with me. Good luck in Week Eight, and all hail Bobby Touchdowns! Awesome, thank, thank, thank you so much for having me. Rotoviz.com slash podcast.
3: Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time test to gift around. A watch she can wear every day from movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love.